Hello friends, I hope you're doing well. I am Ryan Stevens and I am excited to bring you the Catalyzing Podcast. All right, here we go. Super excited. First ever episode of the Catalyzing Podcast for Athletic Trainers. The guest today is going to be Thomas Plummer. Um, we're going to be talking about communication skills and career growth. And I've been blessed to have met Tom uh, over a uh, little over five years uh, ago and really just developed a friendship with him and uh, a mentorship opportunity that I've learned a lot from him. Uh, in a variety of ways and we're going to share some of his perspectives on things you know such as why athletic trainers should invest in improving their public speaking skills you know some career and life growth strategy tips and really the importance of a proper mindset tom is the founder of the national fitness business alliance he's the author of the nine best-selling fitness business books uh, in, in the industry's history and he's an internationally acclaimed presenter and consultant and is really considered by many to be the most influential person working within the, the fitness industry today. Um, you know, you can connect with Tom at uh, thomasplumber.com. That's Thomas with a T-H, thomasplumber.com. And also like and follow his Facebook page, Thomas Plumber Fit Biz Guru. Definitely make sure you, you follow him. So on that note, I'm excited to bring you this conversation. Here we go. All right, so I'm here with Thomas Plummer, first ever Catalyzing podcast. Excited to, to have you on, Tom, as the, the first ever uh, guest on this podcast. I've known Tom for a number of years, a uh, big, big influence in my career, and uh, I wanted to, to take some time to have a conversation about some of the key areas that you've helped me in my life professionally, specifically around the area of public speaking, and you know, just have a conversation about that. So, uh, Tom, can you uh, maybe give a little bit of background about your journey and how you, you know, through your career, how you got into fitness, and then how you ended up going to the next stage where you started to mentor others and help others develop their public speaking and even like the business side of what they do? Hey, thanks for making me first. That's an honor. I greatly appreciate that. Um, uh, interesting, uh, weird start, accidental into the fitness business. I was in graduate school in Arkansas working my way through school and worked at a local gym called Leon Sneerly's Power Company. And uh, he was a crazy man. It was a martial <laughs> arts school, a little gym, an old 10 station Centurion. Most of the guys out here, you're gonna have to look that one up, guys, when you listen to this, because <laughs> when you see a picture of this, that was our gym. And it was absolutely crazy. Uh, so I trained my first client back in, at that day, and I trained my first client in 1977, so that's always gonna date this. I've been doing this about 40 years. The I was at in school. They one of the questions they asked. I was in management, and they they asked, you know, like, you know, find your niche. What do you really want to look at? You know, find the hole in the market. And you know, so when you get out of school, look at something where you know, find something good. If you're going to create a career, try to find a different a angle. And I'm looking at this gym, and I go, God, I love the gym business. I love sports. I was a you know high school athlete like everybody was at one point, and. 
Uh, I'm looking at this going, nobody knows anything about the gym business. I said, no one. I said, show me the book, show me the manual, show me the, you know, who's written anything on this? Nothing. There was no training journal. I mean, if, back in those days, you, you read Iron Man magazine, you read all that stuff. You know, if you were a, you were a trainer, it was, there wasn't probably three books in the world on any kind of training that was accessible to people. And it was, it was crazy. So I thought, you know, I really like the gym business. At that point, I decided, you know, I, I think I'd like to know more about the gym business. This is going to be my thing. And uh, I've never been on the gym business since that time. And it's a... Uh, and it was a good decision to stay, but it was an accidental start, working my way through and, you know, just doing, you know, selling memberships and training people and teaching martial arts in those days. And it was, it was, a, it was, it was a good start, but that's led to four decades of training people around the world, working with them. That's, that's exciting. And actually, and kind of speaking from the perspective of athletic training, very similar. You go into the profession, you learn all the clinical stuff. You learn the healthcare part of it, but you kind of learn on your own about the real life stuff, you know, and how to create your athletic training space, how to develop the business parts of it, those, those interpersonal skills. And so very, very similar to what your experience was, you know, in, in the world of athletic training, there really isn't, there is some, there's manuals out there, but it, you know, a lot of us learn in life and they learn from people like you and having conversations. Um, so that, that's you know, that, that's very, very much a needed area for our profession. The, the, the strange thing about it, that type of profession, um, that if you, you get out of school, school is like, to me, as a learner's permit. That it's not the end. It's, mm -hmm. it's like now your mind at least starts to work. It's how you educate yourself that separates everybody. It, it's that ability for people to say, okay, this got me started. It's the, it, to me, it's the first four or five years when you get out of school. That's when you have to educate yourself. That's when you have to find. And a lot of people stop. They, they think, okay, I've got enough information. I'm good. But once you get going and get that momentum, and then what, what you do to yourself sets your career in motion. Guys, that they don't, they don't push hard enough. Okay, and I'm burned out. I've been through school four years. Big deal. Mm -hmm. you know, now, now learn something. Yeah. And then find those guys. Find those masters that, that are, you're, you're emulating. Read the books that now you really want to read. Find that niche or specialty that sets you free. So most of the guys, that's, I think that's what separates anybody in any field is the, is the guys that have the ability to educate themselves beyond what they think everybody else should know. Mm -hmm. And that's a unique thing. And that, I, like, I like what that you're doing with these guys. You're getting these guys in motion doing the same thing too. That's good, mm -hmm. that's good work, man. Absolutely, and you know, one of those key areas is in the realm of public speaking and just enhancing your communication in general. And I know this is you know, an area that you're passionate about helping others, not only in the fitness profession, but just in general, being better at delivering their message so they can be more effective in what they do. Tell us a little bit about your journey in public speaking and you know, not only in your business side, but you know, what were you like at first as a public speaker and how did your life change in that realm too? The, there's, back on the previous note just for a second, there's, somebody's asked me recently and I was, it, I really, it just, it was such an easy natural answer. Somebody goes, you know, so what's the, what's the skill sets that people need to be successful? And people can't speak and people can't write anymore. Mm -hmm. The two basic skills that we've assumed to be true all the way through, those are the limiters. You, know, you can have, a, you can be brilliant, and if you can't communicate your ideas, nobody ever hears of you. So here's all these guys running around, especially in your field. All these guys, there's some really brilliant minds there, and they're hidden, they're lost. They have no chance because they don't know how to communicate. You know, you can be the smartest guy in the room, and if you can't talk, you can't share that. Nobody's mm -hmm. going to follow you. Nobody's going to listen to you. Nobody's going to stand up and go because you don't have the ability to communicate your ideas. So speaking, I. 
I started uh, my first speech, would have been about 1980. This uh, martial art guy hired me in Jacksonville, Bill Clark, and I did a little three-hour marketing workshop for about 60 martial art guys. And they owned their own schools at that point. And I was like, okay, this is good, awkward. And I said, well, I like this, but I'm not real good at this. So at that time, um, I said, I, I, but it's, it's, it's not only a skill I wanted to do, it was a skill I had to do. Um, I was a young, stupid VP of operations for this martial arts organization, and they had like 90 commercial gyms, about 300 martial arts schools, and I was 25 years old. I had no, you know, I had to get up and lead. You know, so I, there was an urgency for me to be able to speak because I had to, you know, you get a hundred of these guys in a room, you, you got to convince them to go, you know, we got to change this, you know, we can't be old school guys, we have to be guys that understand business. So the, um, the emphasis was there, <coughs> excuse me, the need was there, but at that time I just didn't have the skill set, so I went on a crash course. So I found a couple of coaches out in San Francisco I was living at the time. Mm -hmm. I took acting school for a couple of years because I wanted to have that ability to have presence. Mm -hmm. uh, had my ass handed to me there. <laughs> talk. I thought, this, how hard can this be? Oh, oh my God, yeah. I got just handed to I love me that. with that. Uh, but the guys coming through the acting school at that time was Steven Seagal and all these guys. Uh -huh. So they were all in my, my class, so to speak. <laughs> and it was, it was, it was, all these guys were nobody. It was yeah. a crack up and, and uh, I sucked. I was horrible. But, I stuck it out for a couple years because I need to learn how that worked. Um, and over the years, I've had a few guys that have helped me get to that point. But it's really, if you have guidance, you have help and you have a plan, and then then you need to have to put the miles in. Mm -hmm. And most speakers, they, they're afraid to try. So they don't get enough mileage, they don't get enough laps you know, before they get in there. You gotta get the reps in. And um, some of the up and coming speakers in you know, our world up here, like uh, Ali Gilbert, people like that, you know, she's hitting 50 to 60 you know, seminars by this point. So mm -hmm. she's, she's getting enough miles. So you have to have a plan to start. You have to have the skills to start. You have to find that person to develop it. But then you've got to get out there and go. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but there's, there's really good books on it. There's really good systems on it. So it's not a hidden thing anymore, but it's just getting up there. People are terrified of the process and it's just, but it's necessary. If you, if you want a career and you want to be that person, even if you never want to be a front of the room speaker, if you just want to be that person that stands up at a meeting, there's eight people there and you go, yo, I've got some ideas. Here's how we're going to change this business. You know, what, whoever your boss is, whoever you're leading your own teams and stuff like that, you have to have the ability to stand up and, and persuasive uh, as persuasive ability to change minds, to change emotions. And so I, I don't, the, the funny thing is, is, you shouldn't even ask the question, do I want to be a speaker? It's how do I be one? Because it's mm -hmm. the most essential skill that you have. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you can't speak, you can't lead. And if you can't lead, you can't change minds. Yeah. So how many people get trapped in their careers and they just, they, they, they're frustrated because they're stuck at you know, $40,000 a year for 10, 20 years mm -hmm. because they don't have the ability to stand up and say, look, Here's who I am. Here's what I think. Here's my ideas. Yeah. So you, it, it's one of the most essential skill sets, if not the most essential skill set of a career development, is finding your ability to stand up and lead people, mm -hmm. and that comes through your ability to speak persuasively, mm -hmm. confidently. Change, change how you do it. Yeah. And yesterday, um, yesterday I sat through a workshop that, that uh, Tom led, and one of the things that stuck out to me was, you know, the whole concept of people are afraid to fail, so they just don't take action. You know, they, 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 because of the fear, they don't do the things they could achieve. And if 
I've had many people tell me, oh, I'm terrified of public speaking. I don't want to do that. I'm nervous in front of people. And they're just afraid to try it. And what's the worst you do? You go up there and it doesn't go well and you learn from it. Um, and that's why we need people like, you know, like yourself for me, the way Tom, I went to speaker school with Tom and he grilled me and I needed that uh, because I wanted to be better at it. And you need people to tell you where you can be enhancing your, your delivery and your message with that. Um, so, you know, athletic trainers, we, we hear that. And I hear that a lot of times from athletic trainers saying, why do I need to go to speaker school? Why do I need to enhance my public speaking skills? And you hit the, ned, the, the nail on the head, Tom. You said, you know, it's not, if, even if you don't want to give talks, you have to be able to communicate your message. And many, many athletic trainers throughout the country struggle with not getting things they ask for. Um, you know, the negotiation aspect of it, um, asking for that extra budget in your annual um, income so that you can get the supplies you need. It all comes down to presenting your case well. So I think you hit it there. And when you, when you develop your speaking skills, you know, from a community perspective, because a lot of what we do is also educating our community, um, what's the best way for an athletic trainer to go about developing that and then leveraging those skills in their community? You're, there are a bunch of speaker schools around. There's ways to, you can learn that. I mean, the most elementary way is going back to organizations like Toastmaster, where you're least okay. in that group. It's old school technology. Mm -hmm. The Some of their uh, stuff that they teach is, is dated on mm -hmm. speaking, but it's it's a start. It's a way to go. Uh, books, there, Gar Reynolds, G-A-R-R -R Reynolds, okay. he writes really good books on speaking, The Naked mm -hmm. Presenter, Presentation Zen, those are good mm -hmm. starting books. Yeah. I got those people, books because of you. <laughs> yeah. But uh, people, it, you have to have a plan. You know, the, the, funny, the funny thing about that in general, t using speaking as a tool, is almost everybody figures the other guy's the guy. Yeah. And people, and I, I talk a lot about that uh, in all my workshops, as you know, is there's somewhere, you, you, you are the guy. You are the person, and most people secretly know what they want. They really, but they won't admit it. Often, they won't even admit it to themselves. Mm -hmm. They'll think about it, but they won't say, "This is who I am, and this is what I want," yeah. because they they always think that you know uh, that guy's different. He's successful. He's got something unique. He doesn't. You know that that whole thing. That's one of the the talks I'm I'm working on for next year is uh, I am you. You know the difference between guys that make their living in front of the room. That guys are you know, try to change minds, people that, you know, a weird thing this year, and I quietly just kind of didn't say much about it, but I, I passed over a thousand workshops this year. And so that's, that's 25 average workshops for 40 years. Wow. And so you're at some point in there, the difference between the people that think about that and the people that do it is just the fact that you just get started. You know, there's the, the people in the front rooms that all your people see they admire that that coach that turns them on that that leader that runs a hospital that's up there confidently talking about that CEO that has power. They're, you're you're that guy. We're all that guy. Everybody's got the talent to get there. Now you've got different talent and mm -hmm. stuff, but everybody's got the power to do that. So how do you? But so the first thing is just I want to be the one. Mm -hmm. I've got to be the person. I'm going to be that. And you have to say. Yes, I'm okay. A lot of people think that's arrogant to say, look, you know, I'm going to be the best athletic trainer ever. Well, somebody's got to be. But if you start with that mindset, then, okay, I'm going to be this person. Then things like speaking school and writing enhances that journey. Mm -hmm. But you have to take the first step and admit, you know, I want this. I mm -hmm. want to be that person. And you should be that person because we're all that person. 
you know, I, I am you. We're everybody that they think that we're thought leaders up front. We're, we're, we're no different than anybody else. We're just guys that have a little more confidence that pushed a little harder. Mm -hmm. But the difference, nobody, nobody's beating that trainer to death. He has the ability to stand up and do it. He's beating himself to death mm -hmm. because he won't give himself permission to try. So if you're going to push, you're going to be that person. You're going to be that thought leader that's going to change it. And everybody has that ability. Mm -hmm. Then you have to get the tools and writing, public speaking. Those are the tools that you need to set yourself free. And you, you don't want to get trapped by your own madness. You don't want to get yeah. trapped by your own career. You don't want to be that person that lays in bed and, and th you know, thinks that. You definitely don't want to be that person 10 years from now that's sitting in a bar and talking to his friend. He says, you know, I could have been somebody. Right. I just never even tried. Mm -hmm. Try. Be that person. And then find the skill sets that sets that free. And speaking mm -hmm. is one of those skill sets. But the personal belief, nothing changes until you have that belief that, yeah, I want to be that person. Then the tools are important at that point. Yeah. yeah. And actually, that's a great point. Um, personally speaking, early in my career, I was not a good public speaker because I lacked the confidence to do it. And as soon as I started to do it more and I gained more and more confidence and believed in myself and my ability to want to share a message with other people. And at that point, it was all about educating parents and athletes, um, you know, those who I worked with. It need, I needed that first step. And, and what you said is very key is as athletic trainers or whatever you do, you have to have that self-love, that personal belief, that, that ego in, in a way that, you know, I can do this and I can be the best. And then you find your niche and then you, you find who you want to help and then you find ways to get better at it. But it starts with you. That's, I love that, Tom. I love that. The, the, the nature of, of an athletic trainer is that most of everybody in this category are intrinsic driven. There, you know, there's most of these folks would help people for free because they just, they yeah. can't not help people. They just can't not do it. It's, yeah. it's, it's their soul. It's who they mm -hmm. are. The problem with that person is that they're, you're almost so self-deprecating that you, you know, you just like, oh, you know, I just don't, I don't know if I'm the guy. I don't know if I'm the woman that could do this. I don't know if I'm going to be the one. So you, you have to look inside and go, you know, I'm that one, but everybody's so, you know, they're so hard on themselves because the intrinsic driven they don't it's like oh you know I'm just I'm not you know that you have to be arrogant to do that you do mm -hmm. you have to be arrogant you have to have enough pride in yourself to be the person that does make the change mm -hmm. and you have to say look you know I'm, it's okay it's okay for me to do that it's a little bit arrogant to say I want to be the best in the world I don't think so I but it, if it even if it is mm -hmm. then be that person yeah, yeah. I'm going to be that person. I really want to be that. You know, it's okay to do that. Mm -hmm. So to find, to find that, that, that motivation, that little touch of arrogance that sets you apart mm -hmm. from everybody else, that's okay to do that. And a lot of these, I think a lot of folks that listen to your stuff that you work with are guys that just don't give themselves permission. They just mm -hmm. feel that it's not their turn. And it, but it is, mm -hmm. it is their turn if they, they can find that. But does it take a little arrogance to say, I want to be the best athletic mm -hmm. trainer ever. I want to be the best coach. Uh, I want to be the mess administrator, whatever field they're in, mm -hmm. in there. Uh, yeah, but somebody's going to be that. Why not mm -hmm. them? Why not you, yeah. you know, in that case? So I, I hope they think about that in those mm -hmm. terms. And imagine the impact that we could make, too, as a profession if more people thought like that, you know, who didn't help hold themselves back, but actually could go out and make a bigger impact, even if it's just in the day-to-day -day clinical treatment and what they do. Still just knowing that, you know what, I am the best athletic trainer for this situation, I'm going to be the best. I'm going to show people that I'm the best. That drives you to sharpen your saw and to hone your skills to help people even at a next level. 
People that, they, after a while you get into a pattern, you come to work every day and whatever you're doing, no matter what you do, almost always becomes routine. Yeah. Um, even a surgeon, a heart surgeon, after you know 100 operations, even yeah. that is somewhat mm -hmm. routine. But if you have the mindset that, you know, I, I, I think I'm going to be the best trainer ever, then every sometime somebody's in front of you, you're looking at this as a chance to prove that you're the best. So that, that motivation, but that keeps you growing. That gets mm -hmm. other people's attention. That's what gets you promoted. That's what gets you those key jobs. Yes. That's what changes that. So if you have that, then you have the ability to speak, and then you're, you're applying to a job and say, you know, so why would I hire you, Ryan? You know, why, mm -hmm. why you? And, you? and you go, you know, here's why you want to hire me. You know, I, I, I give a shit. Mm -hmm. I'm the guy. I, mm -hmm. I really want, I'm that trainer. I'm the one you're missing. Mm -hmm. Because I, I, my goal is to be the best. And if I was a boss looking at that person, I'm like, I, he's crazy, but I'm going to hire him. Yeah. <laughs> because he's, he's confident enough to tell me that he's got a dream and that's what he's chasing. Mm -hmm. I just don't want somebody sitting there going, yeah, I've been a trainer for 10 years and, you know, I kind of do this and I work with this organization. Yeah, you've got the credentials, but do you have the drive? Right. Do you have the obsession that I need as an employee? Mm -hmm. you know, I, I've got to have people that want to, to do that. Mm -hmm. and, and I have to have the ability, maybe the last skill set on that is I have to have people that can get stuff done. Mm -hmm. That's you know, Maybe that's the third missing skill set is the ability to take responsibility and finish a project. Right. And, and that's one of the old interviews. I've, I've hired thousands and thousands of people through all our businesses through the years. And that's the skill set I always look for is not the credentials. I said, well, tell me what you've got done. And they'll either say, you know, well, I had a boss that held me back, right? This is this and get done. Anytime I hear that story, mm -hmm. I know he's not the one. Yeah. But if the, she says, you know, sitting there going like, you know, I saw problems when nobody else could, and you know, boy, it was a tough system, but I did manage to get this done. Mm -hmm. I did accomplish this. Then I want that person. I want people mm -hmm. that can get stuff done. Mm -hmm. But again, the overall theme of this, you know, little cast is where, where you you got to have the ability to express yourself. Mm -hmm. And so if you've find the confidence, but it, 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 thinking in terms that I'm going to be that person, everything you do every day changes because you're approaching everything. I'm going to be the best husband ever. I'm going to be the best employee ever. I'm going to be the best trainer. So if you have that mindset, that obsession to be the best, then everything you do gets better mm -hmm. because you, you apply it to everything. You don't get up today and say, I'm going to be average. I'm going to get up today and kick some ass because mm -hmm. I'm the best. And then everything does that. Now, I'm the best dad, I'm the best everything. And if you go with that mindset, it just, it changes how you live, but it also changes how you're rewarded for what you do. Mm -hmm. it, it, you bring something to the table other people are not willing to do. And I think maybe that's the secret of being a good employee. It's just yeah. to be that one that you're just, you're driven to prove that you're better than other people. And that's, that's a very cool thing. Mm -hmm. You have to own it. You yeah. absolutely have to own it. And yep. too often in any profession, we get bogged down, especially in the room of athletic training, we get bogged down with what everyone else is not allowing us to do or what other people are not giving us, the resources we don't have, the respect that we don't get. But you can't control all that. All you can do is influence by owning yourself and what you can do. And those examples you gave about people coming into the job interview saying, well, you know, I had these challenges, but it was because of putting the blame on the employer. You know what? You're right. You don't want to hear that. What could you have done differently and how could you own it? And those people do shine through, and I think that's key regardless of whether you're an athletic trainer, a fitness coach, a parent, anything. You have to take accountability and ownership of what you can control and own it so that you can then, you know, you take the punches. <laughs> Crap happens, and, you know, we don't always get our way, but you got to keep working through it. A, a, a weird way to, to think about it, I know we're hitting on your time limit mm -hmm. here. The weird thing to think about it is an athletic trainer is what you do, mm -hmm. but it's not who you are. Yeah. 
So if you start with who you are, then any job you would do makes sense. Mm -hmm. it, at this stage today, you might be an athletic trainer, but that's, that's, that's your work. That's your choice of how to deliver your talent. Mm -hmm. And you might change that to be an administrator. You might change that to run a team somewhere. It, it's that, but if you start with the presence, this is who I am, and this is how I believe that mm -hmm. my career goes, my life goes, then I can wrap any job around you, and you're yeah. good at that point. But if you start and you let what you do for work become your identity, then that always shades you because you're never going to be able to rise to your own potential because you're mm -hmm. always identified to the work you're doing today. Yeah. I choose to do this work, but here's how I am as a person. Mm -hmm. And people have to, to explore that within themselves to do that. Mm -hmm. But if you start with that mindset of obsessiveness where I'm going to be that person, I'm going to be the best there can be, then I could, I could make you an athletic trainer, I could make you a banker, I could mm -hmm. make you a... Yeah, anybody, because if you got the skill set, no matter what I give you, you're probably going to be good at it. Yeah. So we just have to figure out, start with that first. Always go back to who you are as a person. Start with the core belief, and then anything's possible. That's fantastic. And, you know, kind of the last segment, just to wrap things up, I want to talk about, um, you know, kind of getting to those main points. And you already made the, the first action step is own, you know, own yourself, own what you can be, be the best, have that mindset. Beyond that, so once you have that mindset, what are two other actionable things that athletic trainers listening to this can start doing today that will help them take their career to that next level? Um, I, if, if I could give them advice broad-based across, it would be one, one big tip. Uh, would be 10 years from now. If you're sitting there, you know, you and I hang out in a bar, we do a lot of our best research there, you know, <laughs> yep. and, uh, have a glass of wine. But uh, if you sit there in 10 years from now, I said, man, what did it mean to be you? And you, you, it's like, you know, you had 10 years, you know, did you create wealth? Did you create a family of something? Did you, were you that person? What did you do career-wise? Did you change the world around you? You've had 10 years, it's, you know, is the world a better place because you're in it? Mm -hmm. Or are you just 10 years older and just wasted yeah. your life so people the thing is where you know where do you see yourself in 10 years Who, who's the person you want to be what's the career you want and build backwards almost everybody goes linear they just start at a go to b and then I'll, I'll look over here in this next town i'll take this job and all of a sudden you just pack up and move because somebody you know you bright and shiny so i run over here and then all of a sudden two years later i decide to take a job over here there's no career path i don't have a direction mm -hmm. So I want to start with the back. So, and I'll get, well, here, here's where I'm going to be in 10 years. Here's how I see myself. Here's the money I want to make. I, I, I'm on a path to be an administrator and run three hospitals. I'm on, I'm on the path to be this athletic trainer and, and have a team of trainers and, and work with these sports teams. If I start there and work backwards, it makes sense. But most people, they, they, since they don't have a direction, you always take the path of least resistance. Mm -hmm. But if I know where I'm going, and I kind of have an idea, like 10 years I want to be this person, it's easier for me to say yes or no. And I'm willing to, to work harder because I know, okay, this is getting me to where I want to go. Mm -hmm. But if I don't know where I'm going, then I won't take the extra work mm -hmm. because I'll just take the path of least resistance. Right. So the, 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 the best thing, the, the biggest tip is, you know, start with the end in mind. What's the expected outcome of you? You know, what did it mean to be you? Mm -hmm. And and so you, you have to have that identity. You have to have that, you know, this is where I'm going with this. Um, if people this age, statistically, most of the people that your trainers, most, most of your trainers that are, say, uh, under 30 years old, I, you know, 
Females statistically will probably live to be what ninety five, mm-hmm. maybe even a hundred, because yeah. uh, they're probably in better conditioning than most top four or five percent of the people in the country. And then you're looking at these type of people. I, I read a really cool article, and uh, a gerontologist said that somewhere on the planet there's a female under thirty that will probably be the first hundred and fifty year human <laughs> that they're already alive on the planet. I think that's really exciting. Yeah. So the point of that is that people now when they're you know. 25, 27 years old, and they're trying to figure out what they're going to do with the rest of their life is bizarre. Mm-hmm. You know, don't you, you're really going to tell me now? What you, you know, how are you going to live the next 60 years of your life? <laughs> no, you know, we're, so worry we're in that five to 10 year window. Worry about next, not last. Mm-hmm. What's the next step of your life? And if I think of terms of five to 10 years out and start chasing those blocks then it makes sense because you may change. You know, you're gonna live 50 more years, you may change careers a couple of times, you're gonna change something. But if people, if they start with the end in mind and work backwards, they're always gonna be, uh, they're, they're, you're gonna have a much better career than guys that just do the linear and you know, bright and shiny mm-hmm. and I take this job because it was just there. Yeah, I didn't have an idea of what I'm trying to accomplish, so any job's okay. Yeah. So start, the, big, the big lesson is, you know, 10 years ago, I'll, I'll say that again, maybe as a wrap up point is, what did it mean to be you? Mm-hmm. You know, look, looking at your career, what did you do? Did you make a difference? Did you change the world? Did you do anything? You know, or you just, mm-hmm. you, you've been burning up secondary jobs for 10 years because you don't have a plan. Yeah. You don't want to be that guy. You never want to be the guy in the bar that goes, I could have, I could have been somebody, yeah. but I never tried. Yeah. And you may never admit that, but secretly sitting there, you know, staring in your beer, you are that person. Yep. <laughs> you just, you can't be that person. You can't let yourself waste those 10 years. Um, and most people, they look back 10 years ago was like an hour and a half ago. Mm-hmm. You know, 10 years ago was eight seconds. Yep. You know, it's just so that, that 10 year window, you have to have a plan. Yeah. yeah start with the expected outcome. Uh, wow. That's, that's powerful. And you know, that's a great way to, to wrap this up, Tom, because I think that's the biggest, the biggest message you can have here is just, we are, we have so much potential and often we don't need it. And if we have the right mindset and if we think, you know, in the right manner of keeping in mind what those next steps are while still having the end goal in mind, but still focusing on what the next steps are, athletic trainers out there can definitely go to great heights in their career and, you know, pursue their passions and no one can tell you no. It, you tell yourself that often. So that, that's what limits us. So, Tom, it's been a pleasure. It's been friend. really awesome. Again, the first ever catalyzing podcast for athletic trainers. Really excited to have you on and um, looking forward to, to continue to work with you in the future. Thanks, man. Good luck with this. I think it's going to be exciting. I'm glad you're doing this. Thanks, awesome. thanks, thanks for letting me be number one. Absolutely, Tom. Thanks. All right, well, that wraps things up for our first episode. Thanks for taking the time to spend a little bit of uh, your day with Thomas and I on this podcast. Um, We hope that the lessons that we discussed are applicable to you in some way. And uh, please, anything that you found valuable or helpful, share it with with your community, with, uh, with the people around you, especially those athletic trainers who could benefit from this. Um, be sure if you share anything on social media, we welcome that at Catalyzing ATS on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, really uh, keep that conversation going. We want to talk about these topics even beyond these podcasts. If you have any questions, you can also reach out to me at catalyzingpodcast at gmail.com and uh, we'll keep that conversation going. Again, thank you for your time today. I look forward to bringing you the next episode. Remember, every single day and everything you do, 
make sure that you pursue mastery, that you act with purpose, and you're going to make a big impact. Have a great day.